This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Aaron Granilla. And I'm Mike Lewis, filling in for Dave Ross. One of the nation's biggest teachers unions is authorizing its members to strike if their schools try to reopen without setting up proper safety measures. Randy Weingarten is president of the American Federation of Teachers, which represents more than one and a half million school employees. There are some real COVID and science deniers who refuse to see the science, refuse to see the virus, and refuse to give us the resources that we need for ensuring that when schools open in person, we have the safety guardrails. She says schools should reopen only in areas where infections are low enough and if the schools can implement certain precautions. We are fighting to protect the health and safety of you and our kids. There is no reason on God's earth that we cannot harmonize the needs for student education and the needs for everybody to be healthy. We know most of the large districts in our region will be starting the school here remotely. Mike, where do you stand on the debate over reopening schools? I don't think we should reopen them until we can do it safety. Remember that the kids... Uh, we don't know, actually know, we, we, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, it doesn't affect kids. And I think that we actually don't really know the health effects, but we certainly know the health effects of teachers. And the kids are 30 vectors a day coming into a classroom. It seems to me pretty irresponsible if we've got a spiking infection rate locally uh, to start opening schools. Because if you want to get to a next level <laughs> infection rate, that's what you do as you open the schools. I want to play you a soundbite from Florida's governor, uh, Republican Ron DeSantis, because he in his state is continuing to push his plan to open schools come fall because he says he's fearing for students' education if they don't come back for in-person learning. You are absolutely going to have kids fall behind. You are absolutely going to have more kids drop out of school. You are absolutely going to have uh, more problems um, in many other aspects of their life. That's just what is going to happen. And so I just think we want to mitigate that as best we can. Yeah. All right. So let me step out in the most unpopular opinion you're going to hear today. <laughs> okay. I think kids are are really adaptable and really flexible. And I think a kid missing who is seven, missing six months of in-person education, but still having, and I understand that there's an equity question here that is we're not discussing right, right now, but that kid can catch up. I, am, I guess I don't spend a whole lot of my time worried about that because once the kid gets back into school and gets rolling, they'll be rolling like, like most kids do in school. This is, a, this is not a story about education. <laughs> And, and framing it as such seems to me irresponsible. It's a story about infection, and it's a story about uh, pandemics and a story about death. And so it seems that we can take a step back for six months of a kid's education and not do irreparable harm there. But the irreparable harm we'll do elsewhere is significant. We, we can't forget that school also provides a sense of you know daycare for seven or eight hours a day, right, for parents who who want to work and still need to work if they still have jobs. Absolutely. And and I'm not I'm not saying that that what I would suggest is without problems. But we certainly can through stipends and through a little bit of additional government funding help people out with the daycare situation and allow them to get back to work. It doesn't seem to me though still wise if we can't create a safe and if we can create a safe environment in schools, mm-hmm. fair enough, let's do it. I mean, I am very sympathetic to the parents uh, who have to deal with a conflicting schedule now of daycare, homeschooling, and uh, and trying to maintain employment. 
But it seems still that we're not at that place yet, certainly not in Washington State, where we can safely open up the schools and not have – and remember, those parents are going to then get infected, potentially get infected too, when their kids are at school with other kids, playing with other kids, and then bringing it back in the household. Also in labor news, the unions representing transportation workers are asking the U.S. Department of Transportation this week to issue an emergency rule ordering passengers to wear masks on planes, buses and trains or be denied a ride. But Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao has said she does not support this idea of writing new rules because they could prove difficult to undo once the crisis passes. I guess I'm of the mindset of, okay, it it might be hard to undo, but if it does work and if it adds another layer of safety, why not do it and worry about undoing it later on? So I'm not sure I agree with the the making it difficult to undo. Put a sunset clause on it. Sure. It's pretty simple. Yeah. You can do it for six months and then re-up in six months or decide that you don't want to re-up in six months. So I think that's a little bit of red herring. Uh, I, I would say that it seems like a pretty reasonable request, and I would also say that that maybe actually giving them the capacity to have disp- small, disposable, inexpensive masks at the ready for people who didn't bring one or forgot one, you solve all of the problems. We know masks work, so why not require them, especially in those situations where we're packed together? There's this article in The Atlantic I want to talk about, too, um, and it poses the question, can, can we deep clean our way, essentially, back to normal? So places like Disneyland are reopening for guests. Uh, local restaurants are offering indoor seating. It seems like everyone is now advertising how often they regularly disinfect surfaces. We talked about schools. They're trying to reopen. They're having these promised regular cleanings, too. The New York subway is even closing at nights to be sprayed with disinfectants. But will the war on COVID actually be won through sanitizing? And this article in The Atlantic argues no, because the science shows the virus spreads mainly through airborne transmission, not by touching these virus-infected services and then, you know, rubbing your eyes or nose. They call this hygiene theater, and it might be a big waste of time and money. It is probably a big waste of time and money. I mean, it seems like most of the science is pointing toward the airborne droplets mm-hmm. and is pointing toward you know the, the efficacy of, of masks. So, But I do think that it's important that people see that you are making a concerted effort at trying to keep your place clean. And to the extent that there is a risk, wiping down surfaces additionally, I think is actually a really good idea. I mean, remember, we're actually seeing a, a downward trend in flu and other things as right. a result of exactly. all the things that we're doing. So maybe that additional cleaning uh, isn't necessarily a bad idea. And, and hopefully we'll get to a point someday where we can normalize. But for me, I think that it's absolutely okay. What kind of cleaning do you do at your bar, by the way? I mean, I know states require certain things. I saw a marked safe sign in a restaurant window this weekend that was curious about that system and uh, any competitors. Yeah, so what we do is people can't sit until they've spoken with the bartender seats people. Hmm. Um, the, no one can resit at a table until that's, that area has been wiped down. We're using a fairly expensive uh, viral-grade disinfectant, uh, so we're, which, is, which is not cheap, but it really is very, very effective. In fact, it's a type of disinfectant they use in nursing homes and care facilities. Uh, we decided to, to ramp up what we were using to do that, and so we have to wipe down everything that's touched is touched once. In order to enter the bar, I assume you also have to wear a mask. Absolutely. You're drinking, of course. We, and we have, just last night, had to throw out a, a pair of people 
uh, who said that who were who decided to make the you know here's the science behind a mask and why you don't need to wear one. I said we're not. This is not a debate society. <laughs> we are not. We are not governed by you know your your decisions. We are governed by the state and by the local health officials. Sorry. I mean, if we could have it normal, if we could have had no one wearing a mask, what do you think we would choose? We're also guided by science, and right now the public health experts say because this virus mainly spreads through airborne transmission, that a mask is the best defense for now. Absolutely. No question at all. Government employees in western Washington will continue working remotely until at least January 2021. Previously, teleworking in King County was only supposed to last through Labor Day. Snohomish County Executive Dave Summers said the six-month extension will hopefully give people some predictability, especially parents of school-aged children. The joint decision affects eligible employees in King, Pierce, and Snohomish counties, the cities of Everett, Kenmore, Redmond, Seattle, Shoreline, and Tacoma, along with the Port of Seattle and the Port of Everett. And the news also follows many major private employers extending their office closures as well. Google, for instance, and their new South Lake Union campus plans to have employees work from home until July 2021. I guess I wonder if anybody will ever return back to work. If these companies decide that their efficiency is still up, what's the point of bringing them back in? It reduces traffic. And if you can still work effectively at home, why even bring them back? That's a really good question, and I think that they're actually trying to figure that out right now. If you talk to the folks over at GeekWire, because they've been covering this pretty closely, um, there's a lot of companies that are trying to figure out a good way of assessing, because what they're worried about not so much as people being effective over the short term, they're worried about this slow creep, a downward Mm. trend in productivity over time. And the lacking the tools to measure it, they don't know that they could catch that before it's a real problem. And so I think the company that comes in with a good way to measure that, not just keystrokes and time on computer, because we can do that now, but actual productivity with real goals that can be done remotely, I think that we're going to see a sea change in the way people um, commute to work, which is going to be from their home office. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I mean, it's nice on, on the drive in for sure. It is glorious especially with all the state workers not i mean you know no offense to any state workers but wow traffic (laughs) is just wonderful right now it is i have my brother works in in tech he lives in san francisco but he's here in seattle right for two months and he's doing just fine yep and morale is up too i can see it And, and among the tech workers that i've talked to they love it they love working at home i think that there's i think there's a mix i think there are people who genuinely do i mean for me Doing a job like this at home, yeah. I think, would be a drag. Yeah. I like the interaction with Same. people a lot. I like the I like the inadvertent communication, not even just the work related <laughs> yeah. communication. I think other people do too. But it is nice that you can actually still manage to find maybe find that elsewhere in your life and still get your work done and still stay employed in a situation where I mean we we have proven I think over the course of six months, generally speaking, to be more adaptable than I would have guessed. If you've made it this far, just wanted to ask you a question. Are you subscribed to our newsletter yet? We will send you the top local and national coronavirus news stories once a day, as well as a link to this podcast. Just text newsletter to 98973. We'll send you a link to sign up. Mike Lewis and I will be back tomorrow with another 10-minute rundown of your daily local coronavirus news. For Cairo Radio, I'm Aaron Granillo.